thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You're tuned to the guard frequency because, as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 282 of the best damn space sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, November 1st, and made available for download on Tuesday, November 4th, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Ken Shadow. I'm Tony. And I'm Jeff. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by Henry's Net Telewebs. Isn't that right, Ken Shadow? That's right, Jeff. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We want to welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com or Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so hit us up. Tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights then you should come and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency Live over at twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website and clicking on that Patreon logo and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us week over week. We hope you consider joining them. The more support we get, the better show we make. Head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, to the novels, to the movies, and everything in between. Be sure and track them out over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skine a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get to the show. What do we have in store this week, Kinshadow? In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous Everspace, Google Stadia, and Tony and Jeff's new careers in the Halcyon system. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, where you can be our wingman anytime. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach. Trigger screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Star Citizen is gearing up for CitizenCon 2019 by highlighting how much time players have spent so far this year in the game. This is kind of like telling someone how many calories are in that taco salad they just ate. And Kinshadow won another award. La Tida. <laughs> Elite Dangerous is demonstrating the genius of their 2020 bug first development program by crashing the game with their Interstellar Initiative decals. Everspace 2 may not meet their Kickstarter goal, but does that spell doom for the project? And Google Stadia released a video which once again solidifies their reputation for creating more questions than answers. But uh, but first of all, um, I, I don't know who all here has 
played the Outer Worlds. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Get to it. But, but, but I, I have. Uh, Jeff, 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 have you oh, also yes. played the Outer Worlds? Yeah. Uh, okay. H- Henry, have you played the Outer Worlds? I have heard of the thing and seen many videos. Uh, okay, I'm going to take that as a no. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. I've even finished it and started over again. Really? That fast? Brian, Brian, have you? No. No, I have not. No, I've, I've, I've been sorry. playing Microsoft Excel this week and Microsoft Word. And, oh, and, Microsoft uh, Word is a fun game. And Southwest Airlines and things like that. Not, no. Southwest Airlines is also a very fun game. So, you've are, so Jeff, I, I have too. I've already finished it and I've that already is, restarted it too. That is disappointing. How fast did that happen? It's, it's, it's not a long, long Obviously. game. It's... And, but and you it's, can it's skip a right, lot of content like, if you want to just drive down yeah. this main storyline. So yeah, the, I, this I, time I'm 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 going to every nook and cranny and every quest and side quest. And yeah, stuff. me too. I, I I rejected several of these sort of side quests. Like you know, hey, you want to collect all my grave digging fees for me? And I'm like, uh, no. But thanks for offering. I do appreciate the the, the opportunity. Uh, to go hound people uh, for their death money, but I'm gonna skip that. <laughs> um, but so, uh, how many hours uh, do you think it took you? I, uh, I guesstimated good. that it was like 37, but I, I when I look back on it, uh, it was uh, and um, recalculating the Saturday and Sunday, I sat all day in this chair. Even my <laughs> wife was having a, what are you doing? Uh, anyway, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, um, I, it was more like. 40 to 45 hours. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it, online they were saying it's roughly a 30-hour main quest. I think that's probably about right. Yeah. I think my play time altogether was it was sub 40. It wasn't quite 40. And like I said, like Jeff was saying, I uh, I skipped I skipped some of the side quests and stuff to just to get through it, learn the system, learn the uh, the, the features of it, kind of get a feel for how the, the combat worked, all that kind of stuff. This next time I bumped it all the way up to the supernova level. Uh, and um, exploring all the pe- all the all the little uh, side areas and stuff like that, going a lot slower. Uh, it's it's fantastic. I did take it up to hard. I didn't take it up to supernova. The only reason is because I really really don't want to manage my eating and sleeping. It's and not all bad. That. It's not bad. The the what's uh, the annoying is the sleeping. You can only sleep in your Ship. ship's bunk, yep. and that so it's kind of and the the meter as soon as it's down twenty percent. You start having penalties. It's not a bad penalty at first, but it's still a penalty. So it's like you can go do one mission or side quest, and then you have to go back to your ship to get to clear the penalty. Mm. Uh, so it's it, that, that the, the sleeping part of it's a little tedious, but but the rest of it's not bad, and uh, I'm having a good time with it. And it makes you it again. It's it makes you go slower, right? It makes you yeah think, it does. well yeah yeah I I completed this quest. I'm not ready to go back to my ship yet. So let's go over here to this little area here and see what I find. Well, they also limit your fast travel too. You can't uh, see. So you can't. You can only fast travel to your ship. To the ship. Yeah. Is the sleeping part of the saving mechanic? Is that why it makes you do that? Or no, not necessarily. No, it's just it, annoying. It's, <clears throat> supernova. The supernova uh, uh, play is is um, a really. It's supposed to. Um, I don't know. Simulate more. Um, it's. Yeah, it's the saving. You you no longer have manual ability to save in Supernova, um, but every time you do a, a, a map transition, it'll save for you. 
And every time, and I think when you sleep, it also does save for you as well. But it's the map transitions that are, that are guaranteed to uh, to do a save. It's mm. to the point where if you know, it's like if you because you, you only can fast travel to your ship, you can't fast travel anywhere else. So you beam back to your ship, and then you got to go by a bunch of places you've already cleared out to get to where you want to go. Mm. So it's smart to like duck into that building, Clear so you get a save out. point there. Yeah. yeah. So you get a save point there, and then start walking again in case you get murdered by lizards mm. uh, on the way there to your next thing. So it, it changes the way you play the game a little bit. But I am absolutely thrilled with the game. I'm loving it so much. I I got my daughter playing it now too, and so she's this is her first RPG. So um, it's I think it has an M rating on it, but there's nothing. I mean, there's uh, yeah, people there's... use drugs and people say the F word. Mm. Yeah. So if you don't like that, then don't give it to your kids. But other than that, it's, I mean, it's its Firefly. The thing, it's Firefly. Yeah, it is. It really, yeah. it is. You've got a crew of uh, eclectic, you, you gather, literally, you gather a crew. There's a preacher. Uh, there's a black lady that shoots guns. Mm. Uh, there's an engineer who is Kaylee. I mean, it yeah, is Kaylee. It is Kaylee. It's, it, it's just her. She's just, uh, she's just as... She's just as unsure and freaked out and, you know, uh, as Kaylee is. Um, you had my interest, but now you have my attention. So Yeah, it's, it's, the, every, uh, I have like a couple of qualms about the story, like some missed opportunities and some things that didn't yeah. work out the way they should have. But overall, just, just outstanding. T- tell me though, is there a romantic subplot with the engineer? Yes, but it does not involve you. In other news, uh, Storage GT in t- chat says that there's a speed run online that's only you get the whole, the whole game in 30 minutes. So I believe that. I mean, I, I do I do believe that. There, it's you can unless you want to live in that little world, you don't have to. But there's so much going on, and it's it's it it is uh, it is if you liked the Firefly episodes, if you like the Firefly show. This is a uh, unsubtle homage. Yeah, I, mean, I, even, I, I saw it right away. I mean, it was so unsubtle. <laughs> yeah, it's so unsubtle that the brand name of your energy weapon ammunition is Firefly. I mean, that's how unsubtle <laughs> in the brand. Every time you pick up a box of energy gun ammunition, it's got Firefly stamped on the box there. Awesome. So. Yeah, so it's it's but it's it's really it's really fantastic. It's uh, there's there's funny parts, there's sort of serious parts, there's uh, an underlying through line of of, of of a story of a concept that's underneath it. We're not going to spoil it yet because I want people to play it. But it's it's uh, it's really really good. And in the character creator, you can actually make your character look very very similar to the captain from Fire. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty. It's it's pretty good. Is stuff. it have much re- replayability or? Oh well, yeah, they're well, both on their second I, playthrough. So we're, we're yeah. both in our second playthrough. So sure, yeah. but I mean, like you know, you really think the? I mean, is there a lot of options on how you do the, the main quest? Yeah. Or well, I mean, no spoiler light here. There's basically, from what I understand, there's basically two big endings that you can kind of choose from, with some gray shades in between of how yeah. that how that sort of plays out. And I can see where those opportunities are. Remembering the choices that I made, I can kind of see how that diverges. Um, but you know, just for me, I the first the first thing through, I had the high, the high specs on persuading people, and so I skipped the final battle. I I talked my way out of the final fight. The lawyer took so, persuasion and talked his way out of the final battle. That is awesome. Go figure. That is go funny. Figure. Yeah, 
That's I mean, great. The, the, but I mean, but the way the system works is I couldn't I, I couldn't do it on purpose though, right? Because I had to have secondary stats, right? It, you know, you have to combo in some of those dialogue choices. You had to have a combo of stats in order to be able to pick those choices. So it was lucky, quote, quote, lucky that I had that one uh, spec that I was good at. But I also had companions along that boosted my other stats. So I was able to choose those. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a most of it's just plain vanilla. It really is a Fallout New, uh, New Vegas sort of sequel. But some but some of the uh, way that they've combined some of the stats in there make it a little more unique. So really, I really, really highly recommend it. I do, too. So final verdict. Does it space in? It does not. Not in the least. And as a matter of fact, there's a, like a throwaway line in the dialogue there that's like, well, you don't really ever pilot your spaceship. Your computer just navigates you from point to point. I mean, they even come out right and say that in the in the, in the the exposition. You know, no one really flies spaceships. So, uh, but but like I said, it is it is a fantastic RPG. And if you're into that kind of thing, Definitely, and you can still play it for a dollar on Xbox Game Pass. I checked right before the show. Yeah, and uh, I'm ho- it's got some. I- I'm hoping there'll be some. They left it pretty expansion capable as well. Oh yeah, there's like two or three planets I don't think you can even visit. They're on the map, but you can't visit them. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's like they've they've got expansion areas already built into the game. So there'll be some DLCs. I'm sure there'll be additional missions. I'm hoping they tweak the. Supernova a little bit. I'm hoping they uh, expand the ammunition list a little bit. I'm hoping they uh, do some other little uh, uh, adjustments to it. But overall, really solid. Well, reluctantly moving away from the Outer Worlds, let's uh, jump into something we've been following here that's also not a space sim, but has space sim implications. That's Google Stadia. Uh, the Adam Savage. Oh, are we going to talk about negative latency again? Well, it's funny you should say that because we're Ken Shout and I were talking about this prior to the show, and what it is, the context of this arises in a YouTube video from Adam Savage's un, uh, untested, retested. Tested. He's got some sort of tested. Adam Savage's tested. That's what it is. Uh, he, thank you, Henry. He, uh, they, they sent a fellow out there to talk to the guy that did the Stadia. Uh, keynote presentation and this other guy who's very bald and uh, these two gentlemen sat down and uh, talked about uh, Stadia for about 20 minutes and uh, the the question arose from from Brian oh yeah I said uh, did he mention uh, negative latency over and over again they did not but but this is what the the funny thing is that they did they did say the phrase one time now there was, a, there was a piece of the interview where they basically started talking about, uh, you know, the, 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 the gameplay loop and the communication loop. And then they started saying latency, 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 latency. And I'm like, come on, where is it? Where is it? You got to say it. You got to say it. You got to say it. And they were like, it's like they were weaseling around. And then finally they dropped it one time. They said negative latency one time in the entire 20-minute interview. So I think someone from marketing probably told them, that didn't go as well as we thought. We thought we tested that appropriate, and it just didn't know. It just did not. You mean to tell me that, that no. Sean works for Google? Yeah, he must. He's, he's, you know, everybody at the uh, marketing research to come back. It's just not authentic. It's not handcrafted or genuine. So <laughs> no one wants it. We have to come up with a different bespoke term uh, for this uh, for this concept. So he but didn't yeah. get he, he didn't get torn down for the whole marketing. Well, thing. it's a very friendly sort of you know. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those. Hey, we'll give you twenty minutes with these guys, and you're going to get a lot of clicks on your channel. So don't screw it up. 
uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty softball. Uh, at, at the end, the guy, the interviewer did have some sort of sum up area where he was like, "I don't know, I still have questions," but he was pretty gentle about it. Um, but uh, we had an argument in our uh, staff channel, uh, Skiffy and I did, about a, a, a point of contention. And one of the things that was brought up is that they you are going to have to start kind of from scratch if you want this to be on Stadia. It's there. It's a development environment in and of itself, and. Skiffy made the point that, well, Ubisoft is going to bring in a bunch of their games onto Stadia at or near launch. Um, Destiny is going to be on there and stuff like that. So it's apparently possible to port games after they've been published to work in the Stadia environment. But Ubisoft has gone all in on Stadia. I would imagine they got compensated by Google because Google would need a library at launch of something in order for people to pony up for their, you know, for their library of games. Think Google's got They're that kind of money, though. E- oh, yeah. You know, I don't know, Henry. Do you think? I don't know. Maybe. They're they're scrappy. They're a young, scrappy startup company. I hope they got funded from some venture capitalist or something. Uh, but uh, so it's uh, it's it's a they are trying to have their own little ecosystem. They're they, they want you to come into the Google Stadia zone and stay there. So um, Unreal and Unity apparently have this uh, the features baked into their engines now. So if you start now, if you start developing now, when your game is ready for launch in three to five years, you'll have a Stadia-ready title. Uh, so we'll have to see. And apparently they've dumped tons of money into their own internal studio as well, so they've got games in the pipeline. But how quickly they're released and how quickly they can show everyone how a Stadia experience is superior or equal to a console experience, I think we're still a ways out from seeing that. You think three to five years, you think uh, by the time those games are out, Stadia will be canceled like Hangouts? No, I don't <laughs> think so. And I, I, and I have a I have a real-world example why that's going to be. <clears throat> um, recently, uh, I've never bought an Apple product in my life. In my life. Sorry. Uh, never Not even like a caramel apple, apple at the fair. Let's be fair here. Not well. Okay. See, okay. Every, okay. I'm talking about. <laughs> I have an iPhone, I'm talking so about. We're all being honest. I like a good Fiji, a good Fiji, or like a uh, a Macintosh. Anyway, I like a Gala myself. I, I, I've been I've been noticing a heavy push of ads, and there are two two mm. new television shows that only come out on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, both of them, uh, one is one show is about. Uh, if if uh, Russia made it to Mars before the U.S. did, right, um, which looks really really good, and then that's a, there's that Momoso show, right, uh, blind where everybody in the jungle, the blind, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I actually ponied up for a subscription to Apple TV on my Roku, and and this is how I think Stadia is going to hit people. There are going to be some things that you really really want to play. And Google has the money to do it, just like Apple has the money to make these shows with it, that they only do for Apple. Yeah. And and uh, and we're going to pony up a subscription That's for every it. platform, well, I mean, though. I mean, they, every platform with their original content does that. Netflix yeah. does that. Amazon does that. Everybody does that. I um, mean, in the game space, Epic just recently did that, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's everyone's trying to do that. But the, the question is... This is they're gonna have to sell you on why Stadia is a better experience for doing that than your current console. That argument may be easier for them to make 
once it comes time to replace your console. So if it was awesome and cool, you know, if this if this service was up and running and awesome and cool and had a lot of positive buzz around the time PlayStation 5 and the next Xbox were coming out, people might make a decision and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to forego upgrading my console because the Stadia thing seems to have a lot of steam uh, uh, behind it. <laughs> Did you like that? Did you like that? I think I, I got to the nub on that one. Yeah, you so, did. Uh, uh, so, but, but that was the... Thank you. <laughs> that was epic, wasn't it? Um, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I'd like to hear the origin of your of your theory there. Oh no, no, no! We're not going to do that. <laughs> you, you know, oh, you, you play by yourself, okay? You play you know, by yourself you know, on that it's one. It's just a regular blizzard of comments over here. All it right? really is. It really is. Okay, back to what I was saying. The timing may be wrong for Stadia because. I don't think they're going to have all these spiffy new features and this whiz-bang new experience ready for everybody before Sony and Microsoft get out there with their next-gen consoles. They may sort of miss the boat on this on this console changeover and have to wait for PlayStation 6 and whatever next Xbox after, Xbox after this one comes out. So I wonder if Google will have any trouble because of the uh, net neutrality problems with Stadia traffic oh, being yeah. throttled because um, oh, yeah. other people will want you to be on like, oh, you know what, we're Verizon and we're partnered with PlayStation so their network gets priority and Stadia is going to be a little choppy. Yeah. yeah, A big chunk of this was them talking about how the controller, your, your Stadia controller, has a Wi-Fi connection that goes straight to the box at the data center. So you're not you you skip everything. So it's a, just a direct connection. So that latency should so be very UP low. And that's well, how yeah. that's negative yeah. latency. Is there latency? Well, negative. And they said 0.7C is like that's the max speed, right? So to having an efficient routing between the the handheld and the data center is possible, but you've got to have a clear line, right? And so that route, if it's messed up at all, that starts adding in the latency. Wait, wait, the, they, actually, the they actually de- they actually defined it in terms of the speed of light. Yeah, 0.7C. <laughs> Negative latency wasn't good, so now they're like, we're going 0.7C. Ask Einstein. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think they said that that was like the that was like the, the practical that was like the practical limit, right? That's your, the your practical maximum. Work factor four. How often yeah. do you think engineers just want to beat the living f- out of marketers for saying stupid? <laughs> sh- Pardon my freaking language, but damn it! Engineers going, so, you know, this is really fast. You're like, how fast? It's like really fast. You're like, how about point seven C? And he's like, I don't think so. And he's like, sounds good though. <laughs> traveling at the speed of commercial bullshit. That's C. <laughs> That's freaking negative uh, latency for you. I think you rubbed the nub on that one, Henry. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the show. I apologize for my rant. No, that's, that's, that is just about right, because everything about this thing was them trying to get dig out of the hole they dug with the negative latency. And I'm not sure that they did it. I'm not sure that they did it. I'm not sure because, like I said, it was softball, but the guy at the end in his wrap-up still had some, like, he had questions. So, Oh, yeah. I, I would have had a lot of questions at the wrap-up, too. He still too. had questions at the end. So, uh, anyway, we're going to keep our, our eyes on it still, but uh, that's that's what's going on with Stadia. I, I still think, and they were showing off Mortal Kombat as, like, their next sort of test game. They're going to hide all that transmission stuff with 
animations and cooldowns. That's that's what's going to make this work. Uh, it's just it, the, the Twitch Twitch type games, first person shooters, space sims, anything that requires fast reactions between your button press and what you see on the screen. It's just not going to work out real well the way they've got it set up right now. If they can have dedicated connections to a server that's close, uh, and you know that that point seven C, you know, is is a real number that up and down like that, then it might work. But there, there's well, a working, lot of back end stuff. So uh, working work out. in the industry and doing fiber and stuff, that's not how we measure uh, fiber uh, connectivity. Are, are, what? So. What, Jeff? Are you telling me that Henry might be right? This is all marketing BS? <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, okay. I mean, Henry's a smart cookie. He picked up on it right away. Yeah. There, he, This is not something, I, you know, I'm, thin, I, I'm, uh you know, to achieve that, I, to achieve that kind of thing, you'd almost have to be fiber, uh, fiber wired directly into the controller. Unless you circle the sun at warp one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how it is. It's actually much slower, but they have negative latency on their end, so it seems like 0.7c. Oh I hate my Google God. with this whole conversation. It's just making me mad. I just want them to get rid of their uh, marketing department and just be engineers. That ship oh. sailed a long time ago. Maybe they maybe they should hire us to do their marketing. We'll keep it definitely. Real. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Well, that leaves us about ten minutes to get through the actual space sims that we purport to cover in our every uh, weekly show. Uh, so, real fast, uh, Everspace Two uh, is sort of space simmy uh, in the way that they've structured their uh, uh, game design. But they may not make their Kickstarter goal. They were about eighty uh, percent of the way there last I checked. We'll hit the refresh button and see what's happening here. Uh, as of the time of this recording, they were at uh, four hundred and twenty thousand dollars or so of a five hundred thousand dollar goal. So. A little more than 80% of the way there with uh, not quite three days to go. So probably by the time you get this show on Tuesday, we'll know one way or the other whether they hit their uh, the goal or not. It says, as part of the Kickstarter, that it's an all-or-nothing thing for the Kickstarter, but they're pretty far into development, and Everspace, the original, did pretty well. So I would kind of be surprised if failing the Kickstarter actually meant the game wasn't going to come out. So they've added new options to the game since we covered it originally. I mean, uh, in terms of pledging. So when we originally covered this game, the only way to the, the cheapest way to buy the game is was a the forty euro pledge, mm. which is forty five dollars US. And now mm. they have a uh, limited number of copies, but there's no way they're going to run out of a just the game, please, which is thirty euros. I think they had that when we because I was really an, I was really annoyed because I'm like, four, yeah. you know, forty five dollars. That's not a discount or anything, right? Well, supposedly this is going to be a bigger game. They've eliminated the roguelike feature of it, and there's a story reason why they did that. So, and it's uh, it's has more of an MMO type flavor to it, but it's not or it's, it's not, more like yeah, a, it's, it's, not, it's, it's RPG. Not it's more of an RPG. It's expl- explicitly not multiplayer. No, it's not multiplayer, so it's not MMO, but the, I, the concept, I think, for this one is that it's it's like an RPG, but instead of having a character with a sword, you have a spaceship with guns and shields. It's in the same universe, but it's a switch of genre like we had with uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. Yeah, that's a good analogy, right? Yeah, instead of capital ships on a two D plane, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw became a three D plane with fighters. Yeah, this that's that's kind of that's kind of that idea. So, uh, but it's uh, it, it. I mean, it still looks good. Like I said, I think they're pretty far into development. So, uh, hopefully, they make their goal. But 
if they don't make their goal, I would anticipate that that just means a longer development cycle. It'll take longer for them to get to publication rather than actual death. Uh, that's my that's my guess. I don't know that for sure, but it seems that way to me. I don't think they had that that option there. I think that is uh, was, was I don't know how new it is, but it, it wasn't there originally because I think that was one of my primary complaints. Well, now they've solved your problem. They have. Now you can they back have. them that's here nice. at the last second. Yeah, you might help drag them over the finish line, Ken Shadow. It might be you. I doubt my contribution is actually going to make a difference. And 66 hours It might hours be your 30 euros that, that, that nudges them over the line. Could be. It could be. Next up uh, are, are our regular entries. Not a whole lot's going on. Uh, Star Citizen is gearing up for their uh, Citizen Con, and they put out a graphic uh, for the numbers of things. Uh, what guns were used to kill people, what ships were used to kill people, um, uh, where players were playing from. <clears throat> let me let me guess. There was somewhere yeah, in the 7C range. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was in the point seven c range. That's almost negative fast. latency yeah, right there. So uh, one the the what I I took one of the numbers that they had there. Nine million three hundred twenty-five thousand three hundred eighty-six hours of gameplay have been. Uh, performed between January and October of 2019. And so, back at the envelope calculation, that's, I'm rounding up to 10 million hours. That's about 10 months. So it's a million hours a month of gameplay. And if the average amount of time a player played was 50 hours, which is about 12 and a half hours a week, which is a lot, but not like unreasonable a lot, that means that 20,000 players played 50 hours a month, if these numbers are to, are to be you know, believed. That seems... Which seems like an awful lot. Of players or it hours? It seems high. Well, I'm just trying to get at my head around, like, well, how, I this, definitely how this don't is being spend that done. much time in Star Citizen. I think it's, it's more no. players than fewer hours, because I, it's the kind of thing where you get on, tinker with what they've got. You can't spend all those hours immersed in the universe the way you can in a fleshed-out game. So it's like testing and playing with things. There's definitely, you know, a lot of players that spend a lot of time there, but I would say the vast majority spend like, you know, uh, a handful of hours per month. Yeah, and then best, more right? time in forums and on podcasts and things probably than actually in game <laughs> because, well, I mean, spending it, taking in more content for the for the yeah. IP. I mean, I don't think that's a bad or a silly yeah. thing at all. A, a lot of people just get in to try out the new things each yeah. patch, right? So there's there is a, there's definitely you know a percentage of the fan base, maybe like maybe like a hundred thousand people or something like that, maybe as high as that. That literally just log in with their starter ships, you know, check out the new cave or whatever that just got patched in, and then they're out. So that's like you know two hours. Th- that'd be a hundred thousand people at ten hours a month. It's more reasonable, I think. Okay. So, uh, but my question then is: is that is that what we think? Is that if we use that number, and I don't care because I'm just making stuff up as I go. So is 100,000 people who are interested enough in the game to check in on all the patches and tinker around enough so that they get to the approximately 10 hours a month figure, is that our player base? Because that's one of the questions I've had for a long time. There's you know, 2 million uh, backers or 2 million pilots, and how many of them are subscribers, and how many of them have actually bought game packages, how many of them just registered a free account, blah, blah, blah trying to get an idea of what the what the active player base is. I, I think I, I'd almost say that the active player base is going to be double that. And the reason I say that is because well, most not people will be is. Well, I most people right aren't now. really interested in the the bits. 
they want the whole game. Yeah, that's what I was saying, Jeff. I agree. I think you're right. Right. And Kinshadda said the same thing. I think. Are you missing the point that we're trying to make, or? No, no. no what I'm saying is, but but I'm saying what I'm saying is right now. Like the, it's my, my the question I've had from the very beginning is, what is the quote community now? Right. I mean, yeah, maybe it'll get bigger once Star Citizen is released, if Squadron Forty Two does well later on down the road. What's the audience now? I, I think there's a lot of hangers on that don't that don't log into the game. They're not interested in the in, in the the pre make alpha uh, scenario. They 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 follow along and participate in the forums or watch the content because they are interested in the final product. I think what's being confused here is Tony's asking, is this our player base? Is this how many people are actively supporting the game at this time? And what Jeff is trying to say is that number is probably irrelevant because a lot of people that are supporting the game and taking part in it might not even be logging in right now. They're spending their time on the forums, watching videos, listening to podcasts on Reddit. You know, they're still getting their Star Citizen content, but their content's coming out in a way that they can digest right now when they're not logging into a game to play through bugs. They're, they're interested in what's going on, and they're still supporting it. But I don't think those player numbers of people actually logging in would even be relevant at this point. I am going to be playing the hell out of Star Citizen and probably haven't logged in. Well, I logged in last month a couple of times. But before that, it might have been a month or two before I even, or since I had logged in. So do you, do you get what we're coming from? Do you, do you get what we're saying? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, so let's use Henry as an example. So if it had been, if for two months you played zero hours, yeah. and then last month you played... Last night, probably, or last month, probably three or four hours total. Not a lot. Right. So it would take like 250,000 of you to make a million hours. Right. And Ken Shadow probably rolls over, pulls out his laptop, and logs in. So we were converse, or comparing my play with his, right? Because there are guys who play a lot more than that. I, I, I don't play a lot. I, I, I might get in 10 hours but a you're, month. But how much right? time do you but invest I mean, in Star Citizen a month? Like a lot more than oh, that. Oh, way more. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's yeah. my point. You know, that's but, what I'm but saying. The, like the, uh, the, so the, the number of people that have accounts on the website right now is 2.4 million people, right? And the, I don't know how many of those actually are, you know, have, you know, have bought, how much, how, how right. many of those have actually bought like a game package? Because I think they've, they, they've purposely obfuscated that number a little bit, right? I didn't realize those right. numbers were different. They are. You can, you can make an, yeah, yeah. you can make an account. You can make a free account. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and just participate in the free fly events, or you know, or, or just uh, participate in the forums and stuff like that. You don't actually, right? You're, li- you're you're without buying anything, you are limited about what you can do, but you can still, you know, participate. Uh, participate, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, so let's say half of those people at best, right? So maybe there's a million people, and so from what you're saying, Tony, maybe a tenth of the community is actually engaged in the gameplay and then you know there might be people that are on like all day long and there's some people that are logging for a couple of hours and they kind of average out to 10 hours you know per month um, per citizen so our consensus is that there's somewhere between 20,000 and 100,000 people doing stuff in the game right now that's our guess because it's nothing more than a guess we have nothing to, right. to go on other than just our our guts okay Possible. Right. I was just. I was just. It's. It's a question that's bugged me from. I mean, the, from the beginning. I mean, my my anecdotal experience doesn't back that up, but it, it's hard to say. Well, what do you think, more or less? I mean, like you 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 can log on a lot, you know, and you'll see people on the servers. You never see, 
it's not typical where you see a lot of like heavily loaded servers. That's kind of what I'm saying too. And if you're saying if you're saying that there are there are twenty thousand people that are just on literally all the time for that number to make sense, then it, you know it, it begs the question about where, where where are these people spending their time or how, why why don't you see those people? Now, I've never logged into a server and seen an empty server at the same anecdote. Right? You can log right. on. There's always at least. 10 to 20 people that you can see active, you know, around, you know, no matter what time of the day you log in. But, uh, you know, you don't see necessarily hundreds of people every time you log in. Well, and you and correct me if I'm wrong, but you wouldn't because they want to distribute that load because they don't want to overload any one particular server and have to connect all these people. Right. But, you know, there's there's group chat channels and stuff like that. So you see people on, you know, even if you don't necessarily see their characters, but you see the, the names. Yeah, and so I'm again. I'm, I'm if if we accept these hours, at, the, the the hour and minute figures as as real, I'm having a hard I'm having a hard time coming up with a theory or a concept that lets me resolve Kinshadow's experience with Henry's play time with uh, with our sort of knowledge of how multiplayer games work and how you can see people and, and interact with them via the chat and stuff. I'm having a tough time. I don't know if they're breaking this down into the Ivocati uh, uh, playtime or the, you know, the closed beta or the closed, um, you know, where they let certain people in um, uh, on the PTU. I don't even know if this is PTU hours. Versus, no, no, no. Uh, this is everybody for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Even, even so... I mean, that's well. There's a an because there's a lot number. more focused on the on the PTU and Ivacati runs than in the general. I think that th- those are the folks that are really, you know, on, you know. Yeah, all, that's that's like a thousand people or two thousand people tops, right? right? It's not it's not that many. And then if you throw in like you know, if you talk about the waves of people they do in new patches, that's like. Uh, five to ten thousand people, I think, per per wave, and there's usually five or six waves, you know, when they do those things. So there's, there are obviously, you know, sixty thousand people plus that are eager to try out every patch, right? Based well, that's, on the, based yeah, that's on the right wave in the middle stats. of our range, twenty to hundred. So 20 to 100, uh, you know, and then there's obviously people that don't even that doesn't even register, and they they go past that, right? Especially for for new content. But whether people were really loading that many hours in, you know, again, how does this, how, how is that counted? You know, um, yeah. I think it's a, yeah. a little fuzzy, but, you know, I, I, yeah. the numbers of the people I think are not unbelievable. It's just. I'm just curious about how they arrived at that. And it goes back to like one of our original questions from years ago. How many people are actually doing this? And that uh, trying to get at it by using their hour numbers. Didn't it doesn't nothing I can come up with makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's there's definitely just a lot of active fans too. So I mean, if you uh, go to their YouTube channels, like the numbers of of engagement they have on individual videos is still reasonably high. At least it was last time I looked. Let's see, let's look at something that would be uh, okay here. The that pillar talk, the one you guys, the last pillar talk has fifty two thousand views, right? Uh, you know, their average run-of-the-mill video has, uh, well, there's there's one with 100,000 views. There's one with uh, several million views. Easy Hab of Horror had 28,000 views. So there's obviously people, a large number of people that are engaged on a weekly basis with the game. And there's 
good chance those people spend a couple of hours a month in the game. We can feel confident that a low to mid five figures number is probably right. That mostly answers my question. Uh, it just you, I want to get an idea of roughly what what the what the, the magnitude of, of the of the the cohort is, and that I think you know I, I think we've got that answer now, and I'm happy to leave this topic of discussion for our last one, which is Elite Dangerous, which uh, I uh, this is secondhand news, but it's from a source I trust, Obsidian Ant, and uh, he in his video this week he said that there's a new reward for the. Uh, interstellar initiative that just completed the blight the, the, it's called the scourge is the name of the, of the mission uh, if you helped uh, deliver relief supplies for the famine and whatnot you got a decal and if you loaded the decal and you put it on your spaceship and you flew to certain stations your game would crash so the interstellar initiative was supposed to be sort of a light touch quote content uh, production device for the uh, for the narrative and elite dangerous that would be easy to do, not take a lot of development resources, provide people some activities during this, you know, long, dark winter we have here between major uh, patches, and they're kind of breaking the game by doing it. So um, I think this, this, this is good. They're going to have some uh, uh, bug fixings and some uh, beta testings. I think this is a smart thing, because if we can't get the decals right, you know, that's They broke that's the game with the decal. Come on, they broke the game with their little arcs <laughs> icon. Test things. Yeah. Check it out. You can yeah. like when you develop software, you can run that software before you like deploy it and find bugs. Like maybe on a beta server? You can yeah, you can even let people participate and try the software and let you know if there are bugs. And then when they find them, you can fix them before they come out and make you look like a moron. That's how most places should do it. I truly do think that, that that their back-end update where they put the ARCs thing in there broke stuff that they were expecting and broke a lot of things they never thought were going to be broken. I really do think that this whole ARCs thing has just absolutely Rip it out! taken them <clears throat> by surprise. Too late now. I mean, it's 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 baked into every piece of the game now, and that's why I that's why these I think these weird and unexpected bugs are cr keep cropping up. It's probably the delay on carriers is the 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 decals on them crash your I, station. It, you said we're between patches. We're between delays. Because <laughs> no, this is the second time they've pushed those off. We're, between <laughs> we're not between patches. They don't have patches anymore. We're, we're between, between delays. delays. We've delayed our scheduled delay for another delay. We'll be we'll be delaying that. And they've for switched to the months. Star Citizen yeah. model. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just yeah, right, push it exactly. off. Change the well, roadmap. It's fine. You'll get carriers when we say. And you'll feel grateful for them. You won't get carriers when yeah, we yeah, say. Yeah, we'll change exactly. when we say. <laughs> I... I I do have to say I do have to say that I'm I'm a little worried that we might not get carriers. And this is my reasoning on this is that they had to refine the feature. That's what they they said that's why they pushed it back. They had to refine the feature, which means they have to they're I think they're rescoping it a little bit. And if they can't get it where they are comfortable with it, they might just not do them. Well, they're they're trying to make it so you can land your carrier on atmospheric planets and get out and walk around, but I think that's a bit of a reach. <laughs> Uh, yeah, none of that is happening. That. None of that is. <laughs> we never said that. We never said that. None of that is happening. Uh, I, I think they're happening. trying to make it so you can walk around your carrier. That'd be pretty that's cool. That's more believable than landing the carrier. That's more believable. But I, I don't even think they're trying to do that. I think that they have found they that they have tested something or they have tried to make something work and it just doesn't go the way they thought it would. Uh, or they've run into some sort of technical blocker that they didn't well, anticipate. I, you know, or, multiplayer in elites. You know, with a a generous number of people in the same area has always been kind of a 
a touch and go thing outside of, uh, you know, that th- they've always had to kind of work around. Right. So uh, there's squadrons, right. you know, that kind of solves, you know, the issue of getting people together. But then they have, you know, and then they have the uh, uh, other people in pilot chairs, whatever. Um, but it, I, it always struck me as they have that there's there's special circumstances for them to make those things work together. And squadrons is I mean, squadrons, sorry, the carriers is a new special thing. So it's it's understandable that things are breaking there. Yeah, I, I, I think and that may be a big part of it because those they're going to be like mobile space stations. Right. And so if you are in orbit or you're in an instance with a space station, I mean, the most you can ever get in there, you know, between 30 and 50, 30 and 50, from my understanding, once you hit the low 30s, things start to go south pretty quick. Um, but that would be uh, if you had a squadron or, or a fleet and the one of the fleet leaders said, yeah, meet me at my carrier, everyone would try to jump in. You wouldn't be able to instance with your buddies. Someone would try to jump in. And then you'd have in, you'd have to have multiple instances of the carrier, right? So, like, you know, the, uh, you know, 10 of your friends might be seeing this version of your carrier. 10 of your friends might be seeing another version of your carrier. That could confuse people. I mean, there could be, like I said, the way that the, the, they have it designed probably works with their existing framework, but they may be running into things that challenge the concept or the purpose of why you're doing it in the first place. If you're doing it to be a gathering place or a hub or a way to transfer multiple of your friends' ships from one sector to another with one jump, you may be that may be self-defeating if you can only get eight people on a carrier and eight people in an instance that may be well it's sort of like well what's the point we can all just meet we can just meet someplace and jump together uh so we'll, we'll have to see but i'm i'm a little i'm a little worried about whether or not we'll ever see those things now that we're all caught up on space sim news let's get caught up on space news with galactic public radio gpr news is supported by a grant from the Foundation for the Advancement of Knowledge Entrepreneurs and by Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments, providing banking and insurance products to the ANSEED system and beyond for over 100 years. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. The galaxy breathes a collective sigh of relief as the crop blight plaguing humanity has been contained. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace and the DSO system. Thanks, Spencer. After an intense investigation and military intervention, the cause of the widespread crop contamination was confirmed to be terrorists from the Kappa Fornassus system. Panem, its third planet, is most widely known as the target of an orbital herbicide bombardment by the Federation to contain the spread of the onion head narcotic plant almost five years ago. In retaliation for this act of violence by the Federation, the terrorists struck back against the entirety of galactic civilization, hoping to collapse the interstellar community through widespread famine and panic. Ironically, the federal bombardment not only provided the motive for the crime, but also the method. Gino Borstein of the Federal Intelligence Agency told the media, quote, It's likely that the activists used these biocides as the foundation of their synthetic agent, end quote. Scientists with the Interstellar Association for Agriculture have successfully tested and distributed a counteragent for the blight. 
Dr. Genevieve Kane stated, quote, The IAA can confidently state that the immediate threat of food shortages has been alleviated, with food deliveries replenishing lost stocks. Mass production of the agronomic treatment has already begun and will soon be available across the galaxy to counteract the blight wherever it is found, end quote. However, the blight became too widespread to be eliminated completely, and local authorities must now be vigilant to prevent future outbreaks from causing local famines. From the DSO system for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smoo Furnace. Thanks, Smoo. Sirius Corporation, Core Dynamics, and Gudamaya Corporation have filed a lawsuit against Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments, seeking a temporary restraining order to prevent funding of a hyperdrive mounting bracket manufacturing plant. The mounting brackets are a crucial component of the planned personal ship carriers approved by the Pilots' Federation last year. While the lawsuit itself is expected to be resolved in the next six months or so, the delay in setting up the factory will delay the final design approvals of the new class of ships. TBWI spokesperson Dan Newbody told GPR, quote, The faceless corporate bigwigs know that they can't stop the progress of independent and authentic local companies. The bespoke and handcrafted hyperdrive mounting brackets that we are financing are painstakingly carved from quintuple-forged tungsten silica carbine using a special blend of alloys and coatings. No additives or preservatives whatsoever. End quote. Finally, in local news, the diplomatic crisis in the Unoraya system has been resolved. Guard Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, quote, an overzealous GFR trade representative inadvertently violated a local trade regulation, which was only reported to him to be a quaint custom. Violence unfortunately ensued. We have successfully negotiated for the exchange of prisoners reparations to be paid by both sides and legal settlements for all claims. Unfortunately, no fatalities. End quote. GFR will be reviewing expansion policies in the future to prevent further mishaps. Until the next turn of the worlds for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. They thought I might be in danger, so I left. Makes sense. Okay. So uh, let's go back to the the the, the gems. <laughs> is this? Are we just talking about this as a money laundering scheme, or is there something specialized? involved in in, do, in transacting this way well most of the transactions that i found they were effectively routine but off the books to give a bit of cover to legitimate activities and again they were just good for us in the intelligence agency to know but the reason that i got tipped off onto them was because there was something a little bit odd about them i couldn't really 
place my fingers on it, but uh, I started investigating and that's when I got tipped off that I should leave it and lay low for a while. Okay. So this isn't a volume in which you would need to... The the ships that, that fought us were outfitted with mining lasers um, for story for the purposes of storing these gems, you wouldn't ever have enough where you would need to potentially bury them and then mine them back out or anything like that, right? I don't think that's how it works. The point isn't to bury them. You could do that with cash or credits or something. The point is you can hide them easily. They're easily transferable. People will take them so you can still make a transaction with them, but there's no paper trail and it's easy to hide them in a pocket. So I don't think the mining ships were something that were like designed for hiding and then uncovering this massive load of gems. The point of them is that they're small but worth a lot. Gotcha. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, this may be a point where a logistic op- logistics officer might know something if he cares to volunteer such things. All this talk about gemstones um, during my time in the uh, Federal Navy when I was tracking all the illegal slavers. Uh, oftentimes they'd use gemstones um, to track payment since there's no paper trail or you know credit trail as it were um, and since they're very talented in trafficking uh, it's very possible that uh, moving AI and uh, the, the colonel could have been involved in something like that when you say um, that my ears pick up and I say sorry AI uh, yeah you know computers and stuff yeah, I know what an AI is. I didn't get where I am today by not knowing what an AI is. You say you moved an AI. That's the key bit. No, I didn't move anything. I'm talking about slaves. Continue. She, she, she goes. She goes. Eh, okay. You know what? I mean, we're we're in a, we're neck deep in shit, and we're not getting. It's not. We're not it's not going any lower. He, she turns to you and goes. There's an illegal AI on the ship, and we need to dispose of it or fix it or something. Otherwise, we're all probably either dead or going to prison. Yeah, that too. Well, maybe, maybe both in some order. I don't know. Yeah, it's but it's hooked up to a dune buggy in the cargo hold. Well, by hooked up, it's in the cargo uh, bay of the dune buggy in the cargo hold. We haven't given it internet access or anything like that. It's just sitting in a box in a room. It's pretty friendly. Turning to the group, I say, so... Can I just clarify something from your previous mission? As I understand it, you went down. You were the extraction team that Ching Shi said in the last message that was on the way to the base, and that the extraction team will be held off as long as possible. So the fact that you encountered ships that were underpowered for what should have been combat was designed to just distract and hold you off for as long as possible. And from that, you took a colonel who is now riddled with bullet holes and an illegal AI off the base. What would Pretty be much, the point yeah. of attacking us just to slow us down when we were leaving anyway? Which is exactly the point I was going to raise. And Vala says, which is why we did four jumps to make sure that our trail was cold. Which brings me to my next point. You want to make sure that you're not being followed did anybody check the ai and the colonel for any kind of tracking devices or did you just bring them onto your ship without scanning for that i look over at romulan ale hey you're the tech guy uh we should go check them for tracking devices (laughs) before we make four more jumps for security purposes (laughs) <laughs> and we should hire an accountant full time. They have good ideas. 
All right. So at at that moment, uh, you you can uh, you can decide to go do that if anybody wants to. If anybody wants to stay, uh, anybody wants to let's do this. Who wants to go make those checks? Before we do that, can I say one more thing to this guy? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you make a great point about the uh, tracking devices in the kernel and uh, in the AI. But my concern is also these men that we picked up there. We don't know any of them. They weren't any of the colonel's original men. And we know that one of them was a turncoat. And I don't trust any of them. While we're here, can we please get rid of them so that the only people on this ship are people we know and trust and this new guy? Because he's... Because he's got the good ideas and we need an account. Because he's got a good idea. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because he's intrinsically trustworthy. Okay. No, no, no. I don't don't trust him, but... when there's Valis. one new guy, because he, sta- can, can he stares it. longingly into my eyes when he meets me. Valis yeah. <laughs> Valis says, uh, "I'm working on a solution for the colonel and his men. Uh, the AI is a different category altogether, and they need to be separated from the colonel and his men as soon as possible. Hence, our two ships that we have. Where those two ships go, I'm still working on at this moment. Maybe you guys can find something to do with astute moniker." as I take witty rejoinder off someplace else with the the colonel and his men. But uh, we can't stay here, especially if we've been tracked. And she goes, I'm going to blame myself a little bit, too. I should have thought of this, too. But let's make this happen. Let's 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 be sure. So I, who wants to go check out the colonel? Who wants to go check out the AI? I'd like to check the AI because I'm a computer nerd. Yeah. Okay, I, Henry's going to go down and check the AI. I turn to Ale and I say, uh, he said you're the tech guy. I know a bit I about try. systems myself. Maybe... Uh, between the two of us, and we can get to know each other. I don't know if uh, I trust him to go to the AI yet, do I? Uh, so maybe uh, I can say maybe shoe, later I'm going to go shoe, skin this shoe thing. Picks up, shoe picks up her hand comm and goes, tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick, tick. I'm going to run tick, down there. I'll meet up with you in a bit. Okay. So you guys head down. Uh, you two head down. Right. Uh, who wants to go check on the colonel? I will. All right. Uh, reuse can check on the colonel. Anybody going through you? What else is there to do? Uh, there's there may be some additional facts that need to come out from the on the bridge that we will be addressing here in a moment. I'll, there's something I'll there's stay, something I'll for stay everyone. On the bridge. Both of the, the colonel sounds really okay. boring. Okay, so the colonel sounds boring. Uh, Rexford, where are you going? Staying on the bridge. I'm not good at computers and I'm not good at doctoring. Okay, so uh, I'm not Ryu, going there to doctor him. <laughs> she's not. That's what she's not. That's what she's going for. She's okay, going to go so shake she, him and say, "I got a question. Wake up! I got a question." <laughs> All right. So actually, we're going to so we're going to send Nev and Ale down to the uh, SRV bay with the uh, AI. We're going to send Ryu to the uh, uh, infirmary with Colonel Mandon. And we're going to send we're going to keep Rexford and Ken Shadow on the bridge with uh, Vallis and Shu. Okay, buddy. What's on your mind? We're all friendly. So let's just be friendly. Some say his swimming school was attacked by a flat fish, and they only made it out alive as the sole survivor. But only ways he's called the shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. Okay, that that one that's pretty straightforward. It's good. Straightforward. It was it was so straightforward, it was it was it was dull. Dull. Yeah. No, wait, no, wait, I got a better term for it. It was so straightforward, it was flat. <laughs> it just fell flat. It just fell flat, just just like that. I mean, it tried. It it flopped around for a while like a fish out of water before it died flat on the deck. Right, he's gonna he's gonna have to go back to school on that one. Yeah, there's he needs, he needs some more depth there. But let's not get too salty about it, okay? <laughs> Getting way too deep on this one. 
Last week's community questions, how far have you gotten in the outer worlds? And have you forgiven frontier developments yet? L. Wook writes in, Negative latency. I think this is just a form of frame delay. This is a common trick in the arcade emulator world. The way I understand it, the game and inputs run in the background, and the display is a frame behind, giving you an extra frame to react to an enemy. I think I confused myself. Anyway, I think it's a single-player kind of thing. People report that it helps a bit. Read Parlor Trick. Feeling good about the show lately. Haven't commented since I started Patreoning, coincidentally, in the same time the Tony's Addicometer started to settle down. When did that settle down? <laughs> Never. Never settled down. We we you know what it is like the warp scale. We readjusted it for the new season. <laughs> That's right. Um, used to be warp eight. Now it's only you know warp fourteen or yeah yeah yeah. It's point zero seven C. Yeah yeah. Dickometer there. I do look forward to when Galactic Public News can start covering the verse. I can totally tolerate Tony's mad conspiracy theories as long as Kinshadow sticks around to balance the force. Sorry my feedback was a victim of negative latency. You're only just reading now, but I heard the show last week and typed my response next Thursday. Thankfully, Google predicted my keystrokes with an acceptable 97% accuracy, which <laughs> explains the typo in the word forward. Yeah, there you that's go. Right. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Negative that's latency at work. Uh-huh. That so that, that was la- that was feedback from last week's show that uh, that uh, Shiv uh, missed. So it's more on the negative latency. But fortunately, we also covered it in this week's show. So the Kirk comment or uh, his uh, Elwix comment makes a lot of sense. And I think that uh, if you watch that uh, Adam Savage video, that's correct. They're doing a lot of stuff in the background, and what they said was they're going to try to make up for that latency behind the choice of what to show on your screen. So the stuff's going to be happening in the background and all that stuff is going to come up with a decision to show what your next frame is going to look like. So they're hoping to take advantage of uh, their extremely fast server-side processing to sort of cover up the problems they're going to have with button press latency. Sorry, I'm just trying to wrap my head around the uh, the description of, of it. I'll have to think about that a little bit. Anyway. The L book gave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The where they're showing a frame ahead. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how they show a frame ahead. If they've calculated that frame, the the game logic has to run. You know, I know that a, a visual loop and an update loop would be separate, but like to to show the visuals of what they think is happening without taking your input yet, that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so your well, your eyes can only react so quickly, right? I mean, you only see is it twenty four or thirty like thirty frames a second, right? That's like the most you can see, but visually you want to see 60 or 120 frames a second because you're not quite sure which 30 your eyes are going to pick, right? Just to, to, there's, it's eyeball tricks is what it is. But even that at a hundred, we'll call it a hundred frames a second, you know, computing and internet transmission go in thousandths of a second, right? They're measured in milliseconds. So there's still 10 milliseconds per every frame if we're going off 100 frames per second. I know it's not exactly how things are usually run, but you know there's still 10 times as much ticking that can go on for every frame they got to show you. And they're going to try they can they could send you a new frame. They could send you a new picture and then depending on how your inputs go and where you're aimed when it happens, they could send you two or three different pictures. And That's then literally the not local what they're computer saying. just picks the one that is the most That's close match. That's literally not what he's saying. He's saying okay. that the gameplay loop 
is running in a different time offset than 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 the the input, right? And so, like you give an input, and it's actually playing the it's actually taking the input at a, at a different timestamp than when it came in. You know, like say say I click the button now, you know, and when it gets to the the server, it's assuming the the game the the click got there earlier, right? In terms of the the, the world simulation that's happening. But the, you know, for and which makes sense in like a, a single player situation. But the problem is, is that, um, you know, what you want is, you know, you're, you're trying to get the minimum amount of latency from click to, to I here. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if you can really kind of play that trick in, in that environment. It is definitely a, a brain twisting um, uh, exercise yeah. to try and think of. And they've and this they've done a very poor job of explaining this to the rest of the world. I mean, abstract it down from what's your value that you're going to try to get people to buy this instead of the next console down to explain to me how this is going to work. There's a long walk between those two points, and they haven't they had to in my mind they haven't done a very good job along any of the points in that path to get this out. Uh, so, right, right, right. Okay, uh, Sean Newboy writes in and says, Great job, everyone. I have not bought Outer Worlds yet, but I'm waiting for more content in it. Why? I mean, get it for a dollar. How much more content? dollar. How much more yeah, content have, do you need for a dollar? They have DLC planned? Is that the idea? I'm sure oh, they do. I mean, like... Nothing you, announced. But but they've but. got they've got whole sections of the map already locked off. I mean, uh, you can't travel yeah. to and stuff yet, so... It's uh, coming. It's coming. Lennon writes in and says, great show, everyone. Finally caught up on the last couple episodes. Where's Christ Roberts? Better question, where the f*** is the dogfighting module? How far have I gotten in the Outer Worlds? I've installed it. Now I just got to find time to play it. For me, Frontier are mostly forgiven, but I am bracketed concerned about the future. Killing off Galnet content droughts, then not content drought pushbacks. I only hope Space Legs 2020 is going to be a killer expansion. Otherwise, I can see Elite dwindling further. It's a dogfighting module yeah. thing, a joke. Oh my god. You remember. I remember you guys you having remember? the segment, right? But Yeah, yeah. That's just a better question. He just likes that question better. Mostly because it was it his is, question. It's a joke. It's just yeah. a joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's just Lennon being jokey about it like he is. But on the frontier thing, yeah, I mean uh, that's the idea. Space Legs twenty twenty is gonna be a, a you know super killer app. Uh, they would like everybody to go away for a year, I think. Because it's, as we, as we talked about last week, less server load, fewer people complaining. They can concentrate on their other games that they're trying to get out. Uh, Planet Zoo is going to be launching next week, I think. So Frontier's uh, you know, marketing and, and, and management brain power is going to be directed towards making sure that gets off the ground well. They would like Elite to disappear for a little while until they're ready to uh, charge us lots of money for the new thing. That's the plan. So... Uh, then they're they're doing it just 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 nicely and well there. All right, I, I just commented on the feedback channel that I had already finished Outer Worlds and restarted on a harder difficulty. Yes, it is that kind of game replayability. Yay me! I, I, I like right. your title here though. What is your title? What do you mean? It's me. I mean, Chef is Jeff the Mortal, and they spelled your I name know. wrong. Jeff the Mortal. <laughs> yeah, Jeff the Mortal writes it and says, "Ha." I've already finished Outer Worlds. That's how it should have gone. Man. What? I'm reading the copy, man. You, you got to read the copy. 
but that's not how I appear on the on the on the feedback channel. I'm, but it's the copy in the in the in the Google. It is what, Google it, it is no, what Shiv no, put no. there, and Shiv is the master. Uh. <laughs> Alec Turner writes in, "Great show, guys. Regarding Frontier and being careful what you wish for, lol. Yep, must admit I really didn't see that one coming. Have I forgiven them? I think I'll reserve judgment until I see the extent of these bug fixes they're working on. As someone who wasn't that fussed about fleet carriers." can't quite see what they did add to the game yet. My first impression from the announcement was actually one of general positivity. However, the more I look ahead to the ongoing content drought, the less sure I am about that. Anyway, this got me thinking. So here's a question for you folks. Which period of Elite Dangerous do you find the most enjoyable? The period of stability a month or two after an update when things have settled down, you've learned how the new stuff works, and you can just get on with steadily and calmly playing the game, or B, the period of anticipation leading towards a new update when Frontier have started sharing information about what's coming and we're all excitedly looking forward to it, or C, the period of frantic activity immediately after an update when we have new things to see and do, but perhaps also have new bugs to contend with plus the slight sense of disappointment that the new things didn't quite live up to our expectations of them. And then we go back around to A again. So if Hmm. I can answer that, I would say my favorite, I love all of them because we have the show and we get to talk about it all through the process. (laughs) As a player, I typically like things after the new update has come out and been fixed. I'm one of those guys that'll tinker with it when it first comes out, but I know I'm not going to get the full experience for a while because people don't release ready working games anymore. They release things that they have to, they can sell right away and get more money to finish fixing things. That's what happens. So I like that time after things have been fixed. What about you guys? For me, uh, taking it the same way you looked at it, for the show wise, I like B the best, the anticipation period, because you know, I love the game we're building and we can have the chance to tell them how they should do it right. So for the show, choice B is that period of anticipation. But as a player, yeah, choice A. I, I, it's, I, it's gotten to the point where I kind of don't log in for the first week or two after a new patch is, is out because I know it's just not going to something's going to be wrong. I, I think I'm I'm generally that way with with all games, really. You know, I I I like I like testing things when I know, hey, I'm going to hop in. Nothing matters right now. It's fine. But if it's a game that I'm actually already invested in, I don't really like testing things, you know? So right. I'd rather... You want your game time to be, like, making progress, like building your widgets or gathering your resources I don't or want, fighting the bad guys. I don't want to yeah. risk, you know, losing losing anything, you know, to bugs that should have been caught in, you know, uh, normal development anyway. So, yeah, those those just piss me off. So I'd rather just be rock stable when I play if, if I actually have assets in the line. It depends on where I'm at in the play in my play uh, rotation. So if I'm actively playing a game, I want that game to be stable. But if I'm only logging in every so often, new content is what's going to bring me back to logging in every day. So I I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, but no, you, you know, day to day you like the A, but you want but for some games you want C. You want that sort of right. frantic. What yeah. the hell's going yeah. on here? This is new and crazy. Yeah. He likes okay. an A, but he wants a spicy C. <laughs> Give me that spicy meatball ever so often, huh? But then I'm mostly a bigger plate of spaghetti with a spicy meatball underneath it. And then we got some feedback from my returning Patreon, Rising Death. Hi everybody! I stopped listening some months ago. 
I came back a few weeks ago. I missed the show. Oh, and thank you very much for the patches. I love them. Now, saving money for a leather jacket. Too late for this week's community question, so I'll just skip them. Greetings from Germany. Well, greetings from all over America, Germany. Good to have you back. And uh, yeah, the the leather pat, the leather jacket. That's that's gonna make the, the patches look very nice. It'll be very nice with that. Get all the girls. Oh yeah. Ken from Chicago writes it and says, "Guess who's back? Back, 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 back again. Sandworms back. Back, back, back. Tell a friend. Sandworms back. Sandworms back. Sandworms back. Hashtag Tony was wrong. Scary emoji. Scary emoji. Scary emoji." That was that was that was epic. That was that was that was poetic. Thank you. Poetic. It sounded just Thank like you. the real Slim Shady. I didn't even know it wasn't Eminem. I know. I mean, this is this. I feel my inner white person rhythm every day, guys. I want you to know that I'm in touch with that, and I, I brought that here to share. So he's got a picture tonight. there that shows a sandworm. Like uh, that's obviously an error. Like that's it's a not a planet-sized error. Yes, it is. It's yeah, a that's a big old worm. worm. Yeah, you can't swallow the worm there. That would be hard. No. No, uh, and and it's 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 like over a bunch of like nubs, the worm is rubbing a number of mountain-sized nubs, I guess, on on the picture there. I, I can't. I, it's like it's like it, the, you see the curve of the planet, and the sandworm just takes over everything. I don't know where that's from, but it definitely looks like it's some sort of debugging system because you see like the little. You know, frame rate and code things up in the upper it was, left. It was from it was corner. from this week's uh, uh, into the verse or inside the verse. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and I do see a little Star Citizen logo down way in the corner there. Yeah, the title of the video is in the top left corner. It's Easy Hap of Horror. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, big sandworm. So the sandworm, I guess, is back. But he goes on to say, seriously though, I wouldn't call myself prolific at tweeting, but to find my tweets beyond merely scrolling, scrolling, I use hashtags to make searching for them easier. So then he gives a little instruction manual on how to find his comments if we wanted to find them on his Twitter feed. Uh, so finally, uh, you could search for my handle, your handle, and a not-so-common word used in a tweet to find said tweet. For example, Ken from Chicago, Guard Freak, Basks, and find, this is his point, not only hashtag Jeff was right, but that he basks, hashtag vindication. By the way, is Spacer's Choice in the Outer Worlds the same megacorps in Star Citizen that uh, did the corporate instructional videos featuring Harry, Larry, or Gary? That kind of corporate caring for cutting credits for the consumer, of course, was so moving. I, I don't know, but maybe there's a lawsuit brewing out here if, 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 the, if the Spacer's Choice brand was already taken. I don't know. But uh, I can't get that jingle out of my head from Outer Worlds. It's not the best choice. It's Spacer's choice. It's it's the, every all the little details in that world are just so good. I just love it. You guys are nerds. That's beautiful. Yeah, nerds. It's <laughs> cool. I should I have a podcast. I want to check it out. That's cool. And this week's community questions: How fast is your internet? Please give your answer in terms of a fraction of the speed of light. And how many hours do you spend in the Star Citizen game versus other forms of Star Citizen content? And otherwise, how was the show? Are you going to pack up your stick for a few weeks, or is your throttle in need of a little WD-40? Drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website, and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 282 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 283 on November 12th, 2019, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, 
Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster. Our artist Ben NMS is definitely a space sim. Suck it, Jeff Sanders. And of course, our audio architects Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. And special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Welcome, pilots. You're tuned to the guard frequency because, as all good pilots know, I can't even say the first lines. <clears throat> oh, that's me. <clears throat> if you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you can subscribe. Uh huh. Yeah. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com. Or by searching for us on iTunes. Did I rub the nub there? You. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear that conversation we were having earlier, Jeff? Is that what that is? Okay. Yeah, this is where the the, the pregame starts to leak into the show proper. Okay. 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 Out of left field, slightly unexpected, and sort of awful. But thanks for playing. Go ahead and recover yourself, and and continue. He's still going. He's still going. He's still going. And see, the good thing about that joke there is that it doesn't really need thirty minutes of explanation. We just, but it would be useful right now if we had that. That way, we could wait for Jeff to recover. So, if anyone cared to explain that joke. No, well, let me we finish making it ready. We're gonna okay. set it up later. I thought so. Uh, yeah, apparently that we're we're, uh, we're just going for it, aren't we? Yeah, we're, you're just going right <laughs> for it. We're skipping right to I, the chase. From what I understand, you're not supposed to do that. Yes, from yes. what I understand, you're not supposed it's to do that. Generally frowned upon. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's asked for. But let's go ahead and move on. Do you like what we do? You no. want to help us make the best town space in the ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, click on the Patreon logo, and become a royal subscriber. You know, you know, you know, <laughs> we just want a couple bloopers <laughs> from the intro. It's just a couple. We don't need like a, like I, a I whole blooper show. Off of, I was riffing off of, of Jeff's subscribe. Uh, so okay, that's okay, what okay, it was. Okay. Sorry. All right. I'll, I'll kill the joke. <clears throat> Elite Dangerous is demonstrating the genius of their 2020 Pug First development program by crashing uh, 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 Pug First. <laughs> there was a there was a thing. The cursor, like the, the cursor, cursor was literally there. over that. It I, did I say would pug. like to see their Pug First. Yes, I was thinking to see their Pug First. What the hell does that even mean? That <laughs> doesn't make sense. They're really big on these like yeah, dog shaped awesome. spaceships. Uh, All right, the the show title just got worse. <laughs> Jeez, really rubbed the nub on that one. You sure that that pug rubbed the nub? It sure did. (laughs) The mission's called Rub the Nub. It's about repairing the hyperdrive by polishing the rivets. For someone someone who's not played the the engine engine room. It's called Rub the Nub. (laughs) You polish rivets. It's easy. It's 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 an easy mission.
it is an easy mission. Yeah, well, and it's it's it is in multiple parts though, and you have to do it in the right order, or else you fail. You you fail very badly. Yeah, the uh, there's like four missions first. You have to do those four first. You have to play the four. Play, yeah, in order. Yeah, play the four in missions. Order. Yeah, and because if you in skip order. those, if you play, yeah, if you don't play those four missions. Yeah, those four playable missions. There will be uh, no. You, uh, you won't even get the no, rivets. Won't even be out. No, the rivets will not be. Can't, can't polish the rivets yeah. if they're not out. Nope. In other news. Thanks, Moo. Sirius Corporation, Core Dynamics, and Guatemala Corporation have filed. Gudamaya. Gudamaya. Uh, <laughs> Maybe they're based in Guatemala. Maybe. Gutamaya. The bespoke. Okay. Sean. Bespoke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sean. Oh, thanks for writing my, my copy for me. Just a pug nub.